Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marla, where we connect and collaborate with experts in their industry, published authors, and fascinating people. And as a chief inspirational officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, their talents, and their self-worth. Otherwise, it's known as that self-esteem factor because we know that people matter, self-worth matters, and time matters. And when that aligns, everything works. And today, um, I am just excited to share that we have John Courtney with us. And um, welcome, John. Just welcome to the show. Thank you. Absolutely. So who is John Courtney and why do we want to listen to him? I think um, this is going to be a really catalyst conversation for those tapping into this episode. John Courtney is the former Vice President of Operations for eBay Singapore and was also the Senior Director in London. And, um, you know, John comes from a really great international background and a knowledge of wealth about creating shared service models and preparing organizations to operate at scale. And that's, I think, a big part of our conversation. But we're going to see what you know, John has to, to say about working throughout these different um, 13 different markets across the region and expanding um, all levels of business. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to uh, you know, share some insight and some, some background on, on uh, what I think is, is a very important part of what being an entrepreneur or being a business leader is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so, so take us there because the knowledge and the experience that you get to share with people today, what do you talk the most about? So I, I think it, it really comes down to, as it is with any business leader, um, you you learn from your mistakes, you learn from your failures. You know, and, and any entrepreneur who's never failed, I don't think, you know, is really somebody you you, you necessarily want to uh, have as a mentor or a leader or anything of the sort, because it's it's through that process of trying and failing, trying and failing that we develop. Um, not only businesses that work, but leadership styles that work. And in my particular case, um, through a number of years in different industries, one of the things that I learned is um, the rate of growth of your business um, can exceed your capacity to lead it, you know, can outgrow your capacity to lead it. Um, And what you often see in businesses, and, you know, through the eBay experience, I saw this, you know, with a lot of the sellers that we dealt with was they started as a one-person entrepreneur, they hired two, they hired three, they hired ten, and the, the, the growth curve would hit an asymptote. They would hit, the, you know, a, a point, and then they would start, you know, either flatten out or go down. Um, and it wasn't because the product wasn't popular or because they weren't selling as much or anything of the sort, but because they've literally outgrown their ability to reach that S-curve, that second growth curve. Um, And a lot of that has to do with, um, as, you know, you've shared, you know, sort of your attitude about it, developing your leadership capabilities, hiring the right people. You know, there's any number of things you need to account for um, in order to ensure that you don't hit that brick wall and, and then you slowly start eroding over time. So is there something that you would and, – and, and it's huge. That's, that's a huge element, and it's easy when you're on the outside, right, to, to witness right. that. But how when you're in that moment – maybe somebody's listening to this episode right now, and maybe they're finding themselves coming to that space. Is there a red flag that we see coming, or is this just something that we just have to be smart about? It, 
it's it's something that you have to plan for before you get there. Okay, so you know what I've always encouraged uh, people to do is you know it's sort of human nature. It's it's hard to see the change in ourselves or the changes that we need in ourselves. We need somebody from the outside to to be our mirror. So one of the things that I always recommend is even if your company is very small, even if it's a sole proprietorship or what have you, have a board in quotes, okay? It doesn't mean, I don't mean it in the fiduciary capacity or anything of the sort, but have people who will tell you how things are going and tell you about yourself because it's hard to stop and, you know, it's, it's very rare to be introspective enough, you know, to realize where things are and, and to, to know where the cliff is or how far away you are from that cliff um, without sort of outside counsel um, telling you where things are. And, and these are often, these are not friends. You know, your, your friends right. aren't going to tell you what's going on. Um, <laughs> right. Um, the people that help scare you straight. <laughs> exactly. These, these are people, you know, who, uh, who are interested in your success. These are people who are invested in your success but people who are nonetheless outside of, you know, a, a, a personal connection, which gives them the liberty and the latitude, you know, to tell you, you know, here's the two or three things you need to learn before you go off that cliff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I have a question for you, though. So, you know, and you're very rich in that connection and understanding, you know, the power of aligning to something bigger with you. How did you make that happen as you've connected at an international level? Very good question. You know, I think it, it really depends at what stage you're in. So in my particular case, the, 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 the people who I had as a personal board, and, I, and I'm doing the air quotes here, right. um, <laughs> were different in my 20s, in my 30s, when I did my own startup, when I was in corporate life, when I was abroad, okay? And mm-hmm. not unlike any company with their official board of directors, where you may have people who were on the board of Uber when it was started as opposed to now, okay? Likewise, your personal board will change over time. In my particular case, when I was both in Europe and Asia, the, the, the people who I counted on were very different. Um, in Asia, it was traditionally, or for the most part, people from those respective countries who would introduce me into what's it like to conduct business in Japan, what are the things that you need to be aware of to conduct business in India, um, and things like that. Um, so the, the, you're, you're not, I guess my point is you're not fixed to a particular group. Um, there should be some continuity there, but you, you seek the people who will most help you with whatever stage you're in. You know, if you're in the ideation stage of a startup, then you get a lot of creative people around you. Once that's up and running, let's say through the first million or $2 million of revenue, you have maybe a different, you know, group. And then you don't want a board of people who've never been part of a $20 million company or $50 million company you, when you've reached that point, you want people who've been, if I'm at 50 million, I want people who've been part of companies that have been that, there at 100 million, okay? So they can, help, they can help guide me. Mm. And that's huge, and I, I love that. And that's what, when you talk about 
scaling. I mean, you've, you've been able to do that. Not a lot of people have the opportunity to say that they have scaled businesses right. to, to that level. And that, that is definitely, I would say, a niche, um, John, that you've, you've experienced. And, um, you know, that growth and scalability. And what I'm hearing, though, you're, you're sharing not only the, the personal growth and development for the organization as a whole, but it, it goes into the financial aspect, every element of business, right? Absolutely, and and it's it's probably one of the pieces that is overlooked is, mm. you know, what worked for you when you had a hundred customers is not going to work for you when you have ten thousand, and what worked for you for a hundred thousand isn't going to work for you the minute you go to a foreign country, okay, <laughs> and sure. that operational discipline, that foresight, you know, to be able to predict where the where the gaps are going to be or the or the pitfalls are going to come. Um, is one of the things that that I don't think um, is accommodated enough in 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 our day to day sort of what am I going to focus on today? Okay, um, you often hear about launch and learn, learn through your mistakes and all of that. That's perfectly fine at the beginning phases of your company. That comes at a price much later. Okay, you don't want to launch and learn. You know, if you're going to China, hypothetically, and it's a billion people, okay, um, you don't want to launch and learn if you're opening your third and fourth site, okay, because you're leaving yourself open for not only the opportunity cost of not doing things right, but the financial and, in some cases, legal burden of of not understanding what it takes to, to be able to do those things. Mm, wow. And, it, yeah, and... I think it's just it's exciting to hear you speak in those terms. And so is there a tool or a tip as you speak to that? I mean, is there something that people can do that you would recommend that you've seen happen as mistakes? Um, I think that the first and foremost is the ability to have a board, again in mm -hmm. quotes, mm -hmm. um, of people who have been there before and can help guide you. Okay, so... The guy who helped me start my company may not be the same guy I turn to for advice when, you know, I think I'm going to be confronted with these issues. So that's number one. Um, number two is investing time in the learning. Be a, a lifelong learner, okay, so that uh, you're not learning through mistakes, but you're learning through other people's mistakes. Um, it is very easy for entrepreneurs to get caught in the day-to-day you find a formula that works, and you assume that if it worked, you know, here in Iowa City or Chicago or wherever, it's going to work with my third site, fourth site in Phoenix or wherever it happened to go. And you, you constantly have to, you know, reinvent and continue to learn because the recipe for one stage of your company's career, your company's journey, may not work in mm -hmm. later stages. Okay, right. so I think that would be the second um, is is just continual examination and learning um, and learning at other people's expense in some regards. And I think the third one is, um, and this is especially the case when you start hiring teams, when you start delegating not only the work but the responsibility and accountability is ensuring you have a method for how to pass on decision criteria, business acumen, 
you know, all that to people in the organization. Because as a startup, you may know how things work. You may know how you want them to work. You may know all of this. That doesn't help the third, fourth, fifth, or hundredth person you hire. So what are you doing, you know, to scale your leadership? Um, and and that, that not only helps you, uh, with the previous two points um, that I mentioned, finding the bandwidth to do that, but it helps your organization to grow as well. And those those would be the, sort of the, the three-legged stool, I would call it, of, of how to try to scale. Yes, and you bring that with such clarity, John. I mean, just listening to you state it with step one, two, and three, there is a lot of value in that. There's a lot of value. And one of the mm. things that I just took from what you stated was, you know, you have to know what you're even looking for, and the only thing that that's going to happen with is if you give yourself time to allow for that, right. to be the visionary, right? Because like you said, right. I mean, when we're doing it, we're here and we're right now. But we have to right. think bigger. We always have to be looking around, like you said, the S-curve, right? What's coming? Right. What do we need to be? What are the predictors? What's what's going to happen? And is there a magic bullet as I speak to that, you know, that you've you've got some direction on? I'm not, not sure that there's, uh, you know, and this is just a personal philosophy. I, I don't think there's a magic bullet to anything in life, you know, <laughs> as much Good as, answer. Uh, <laughs> you know, as, as, as much as we may think there's a, a magic bullet to raising kids or happy marriages or whatever, there isn't. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a lot of work and it's a, it's a hundred different things that you have to do well. Uh, so no, I don't think that there is one step on it. I think it is, an acknowledgement that um, as you're sailing this ship called your business, um, it is far easier and far more productive, you know, to avoid the sand and, and getting stuck uh, than it is to learn that lesson once you are stuck because you will invest a lot of time and treasure uh, course correcting um, if, if you allow yourself to, to just pinball, you know, between issues one and the other. And I don't know any anybody who undertakes a journey like this without aspirations of getting, you know, more successful, bigger, broader, you know, and so on. And and the biggest barrier to that may be you. It may not be market. It may not be customer. It may not be innovation. It may not be competitors. Right. Um, you may be what's slowing things down, and that's why you need to invest in yourself and in building these capabilities um, before you get there, Absolutely. before it's too late. Right. No, and it's true. And that's, yeah, that's the element that I find myself in. I'm one of those people that uh, people invest in. And, you know, just like you or, or somebody who's, you know, had the experience and has the knowledge and can help get out of those areas. And I hear a lot of strategy, of course. I mean, your, your success um, proves that. And what you've done, it's, it's very strategic and you have a strategic mindset, and I think everything that you speak to aligns to that. And so I think if anybody walks away from listening to you today, it's like really how to connect to the strategy and, um, right. and to fine-tune that for themselves. Is there a book that you recommend or a course that you take? I mean, like what, from your experience around strategy and being a strategic thinker, is there anything you can help guide us with? Um, there's a plethora of books out there um, which – you know, and they fall into two categories: the the enjoyable reading you get something out of, and the very boring reading you get a lot out of. Um, mm, so so there's point. any number. 
Yeah, there, there's any number of, of books I'd recommend. It, it's, it really does, however, it, it's on an individual basis. I, I am reticent to say, hey, read this book because it's got all the answers um, because I don't think there is such a thing. I don't, I don't think that, that there is such an author or, or uh, you know, we're all unique. All our businesses are unique. Our challenges are unique. So it, it really does come down to, a, a, a step, you know, understanding what works for me. Um, and it, you know, the, the, the metaphor that I often use for this, um, is parenting, you know, that we all have different kids. We all have different family lives. We all have different ways of parenting. There is no one book that applies to all of us. Okay. Mm -hmm. And businesses work the same way. It's a very personal endeavor. Okay. And a very unique one for each one of us. Um, we all have different missions. We all have different things that we want out of them, and we all have hire different employees. Um, so, I, I don't, you, you know, again, leery of of recommending a book that would solve everything. Right. I think a lot of it comes down to sitting down with people like you, sitting down with with you know other people who've been it and done it, right. and write the prescription that way, as opposed to. You know, here these three check boxes. Okay, you want prescription A or you want prescription B. You know, mm, because right. all our circumstances are different, um, all our, our all our aspirations are different um, in that regard. And Absolutely. and in, to touch on your your one comment about strategy, um, I mean, there, there's graveyards full of companies with great strategy, you know, who lacked on execution. So. I think that, yeah, there's a strategic element that you have to keep in mind so that you avoid going over that cliff, but you have to balance it with just day-to-day -day execution and what are the things that I need to change and what are the questions I need to ask on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? Um, you know, if you're a smoker, you can have a great strategy for not smoking, but if you don't stop, then it's just that, a great strategy, what are the steps that I need to do every day, every hour, you know, to to change a behavior, to change a habit, and in our case, to drive my business in a different direction so that I don't wind up, you know, um, flatlining. And, and any business that flatlines will eventually, over this sort of physics, will eventually erode in, into irrelevance. Absolutely. So here, and that's the element element that you speak to is that motivational element, and that is what I find the most. You talk about the plan, right? Plan plus mm -hmm. action equals results, but you can sit, like you said, all day, build a plan, but if you don't take the action, you don't get the result. And, I, I yeah, it's this common sense for, <laughs> you know, yes. but a lot of people don't look at it that way. And, and I love, you know, what I find the most, and I think you could probably relate to this, is um, – we have to motivate ourselves to take the action sometimes because it's easy to get sidelined or distracted, and we got to stay motivated to the goal, yeah. and that's a huge element to it as well. So, Absolutely, okay, so, and, and it's it's just ahead. hard work, and and just human nature, we like to avoid hard work. So. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> okay, so hard work. You've been in twelve different countries, and as yeah. we get ready to close out this episode, talk to us. Is there a fascinating story that you can share? from your experience in working with such an international background? Oh, there, there's probably a hundred of them. Um, I, I think that, that, <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, one of the, 
the biggest things that I share for those who want to do business abroad or work abroad, and I do this quite a bit with the students, is don't assume that communication is strictly a function of language. Okay, And um, there's many instances where I thought you know, the gap in communication was a language gap when in fact it was a mindset one. Okay, and, and one interesting anecdote is um, in many countries when you're presenting a pitch, when you're presenting, you know, budget dollars or you want to start a business or anything like that, countries outside the U.S., I mean, um, you will have a 50-page deck. 40 of it will be context, data. And the last couple pages will be the ask. I need funding, I need dollars, I need this, I need that. Okay? And that's how they're taught in school, and that's how they operate in their countries. And this is not a judgment on whether it's right or wrong. It's just that's the way it works. And Americans, we do it the other way around. You start with the conclusion, and then you build all your supporting evidence. So the, the pyramid is actually inverted, you know, and uh, from one to the other. So one of the things in, that I encountered and, and, and I had to deal with was you know, the patients in operating in their environment to sit through 40 pages of context, not really knowing where this was leading until the last page. So it was a bit like wow. reading a book, you know, and, and, and finding out whether the butler did it or not, you know, on the last slide of the last page. Right. Um, and uh, it, it led to some very, you know, I'm not the most patient guy in the world, but it led to some interesting you know, anecdotes about, you know, me squirming in my seat, you know, looking at the ceiling and, uh, you know, sort of waiting for the punchline. Um, the flip side to that is when I presented to them, you know, they were sort of taken aback because, well, you gave us the ending. You know, there's no buildup here. So there, there was genuinely a, a look of disappointment, like, okay, wow. we – we wanted the narrative and the build-up to it. So it's it's, it's very interesting uh, sort of experience to go through. Oh, absolutely. No, and it's it's fascinating to hear that and to somebody who's been there. And, you know, the thing, too, is you've done that and you've learned through that. I can't even imagine the amount of learning lessons that you've experienced just by, by sharing that, you know, just how your personal account is going through that. And, yes, it right. definitely builds a successful business person and um, – what a delight. Thank you for sharing with us on this episode and, and, and connecting. So I just want to share, to learn more about John Courtney, you can simply visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can learn how to connect with different resources that John um, has and connect him to your circle of influence. And so we just want to thank you for joining us today. And John, thank you so much for this insight and knowledge that you bring to our audience. It's very helpful. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So we invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for the partnership. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Thank you.